I'm Cassie Hilbron, and this is the Cook It Real Good podcast, bringing you shortcuts to success in the kitchen. Today's episode is all about Indian cooking. I chat with Mina from Hooked on Heat, who shares her tips and tricks for getting started with Indian cooking at home. Mina is a freelance food writer, recipe developer, and cooking instructor based in Ontario, Canada. She's also the author of two cookbooks, Knack Indian Cooking and 500 Indian Dishes. Not only does she try to simplify traditional cooking methods without compromising on taste, but she also loves to experiment with different ingredients and infuse flavors from East and West. The recipes on her food blog, Hooked on Heat, are inspired by classic Indian dishes and dressed up to suit our modern tastes. She enjoys creating recipes to meet with the increasing demand of quick and simple everyday meals. She started her series Indian Cooking 101 on her blog many years ago to bust the myth that Indian cooking is just too hard. Through this series, she shares how to make basic Indian food, beginning with the essentials and slowly moving up to a point where you will be confident enough to throw in a pinch of this and a dash of that. You're going to get so much out of today's episode. This week's recipe of the week is my zucchini and corn fritters. This is a brand new recipe that's quickly becoming one of my favorites and it's the best way to use up that zucchini that's rolling around in the bottom of your crisper. You only need a handful of everyday ingredients to get a delicious and light dinner on the table in under 30 minutes. Grab the recipe and all the links discussed in today's episode at cookitrealgood.com slash 47. Now let's dive in. Hi, Mina. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Cassie. Great to be here. I'm so excited to talk about Indian cooking with you today. But before we get started, can I ask you, what is your signature dish? Um, I have quite a few, but I'd say one of my most you know, common ones that I go to often is my chana masala, which is a chickpea dish. And there's a funny story behind it. I, that was actually the first thing that I cooked for my husband ever. Like we were still dating and, you know, he was one of those, like we were two hours apart. Uh, so like he just drove by one weekend and he was like, oh, I'm in your neighborhood and uh, I'd like to drop by and we can have dinner together. And instead of actually going out, he wanted me to cook him something. And uh, I was still a student at that time with a student budget, you know, living in a one room studio rental and not much in my kitchen, except for like canned beans and chickpeas. So I was like, okay, let's just do chickpeas. And uh, so when you make chana masala, which is quite a standard Indian dish, there's a ready-made, you know, a ready-made spice mix that you call, which is called the uh, chana masala. Like it's a ready-made spice mix, it has everything in it. So you just add a big tablespoon of that and your curry is done. So I was like, sure, I bet I have that in my pantry. And I started to cook, opened the can of chickpeas, rinsed it out and, you know, sauteed my onions and tomatoes. And I went to the spice cupboard and I did not have the spice mix. And I was like, oh my God, he's on his way. He'll be here in like half an hour. And what do I do? Like... So I just like took out like, you know, the basic spices that I had and I decided to wing it and it, it turned out pretty good. I mean, well, 
15 years later, we're still married. So <laughs> I think he liked it. <laughs> I love it. Uh, and I love that, that, yeah, something that has a bit of a story behind it, but that you were able to like, yeah, wing it together and bring it in the end. I like that. And so yeah, what, was, what was his thoughts yeah. at the time? Was he like, yep, definitely put a ring on it now? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. It, it didn't take too long after that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, that's much more impressive than probably the first dish I made my husband. Or I couldn't even think of it, <laughs> but I'm sure it wasn't something very exciting. <laughs> now, today we're going to talk about Indian cooking, which I'm really excited about. Um, when we're talking right now, we're in the middle of the pandemic and we're all trying to isolate at home and obviously cooking more at home. Um, so people I think are, are looking to try new things, but also try and get some of that um, takeaway type of uh, flavors at home as well. Like we're, we're still eating at restaurants that have takeaway, but you know, bringing a bit of fun into our homes, be it through, yeah, tasting world food or trying a different cuisine that we haven't tried before. So I think that talking about just you know, in Indian Cooking 101 today will be really helpful for people who maybe haven't tried it at home before. Their their only exposure has been a restaurant. Um, So yeah, I'm really excited to get into this. Yeah. And I always say that like, you know, Indian cooking, um, you know, you go out to eat in restaurants and you get these like heavy curries and oily dishes and, you know, you, you have a big fat meal and you're very happy, but then you come home and all you want to do is take a nice long nap. But actually like Indian home cooking is nothing like that. I mean, you can make it as light as you want and it's still very flavorful. It's not too hard to cook, believe me. And uh, it's actually perfect for a time like this when, you know, you want to take out stuff from your freezer and your pantry and it's, it's, it's pretty easy to do to get by and it's, uh, it's not too hard to actually whip up a few dishes that will taste great. Well, that was going to be my first question. So I'm glad that you touched on that because I'm always curious what is what we see as like a a traditional uh, Indian meal in a in a restaurant in the Western world. So I think of things like um, the chicken, butter chicken, <laughs> <laughs> and then what is actually a standard Indian meal? Like, what does that look like? So a standard Indian meal at home, and now I'm talking about a regular Indian at home, like yes. for, you know, for lunch, like you would have something, it's, it's very simple. It's, so it would be like maybe just a bowl of lentils, like dal, some vegetable on the side and, you know, just plain steamed rice or flatbreads, which we call roti. And you can also add in a bit of salad, some yogurt. And that's about it. So that's like a standard, simple, everyday Indian meal. What I like about that is that it's like all of a, a lot of little different things that come together to make a, a well-rounded meal. It is. Uh, and it, it's something it is, yes. that I've seen with, um, you know, I've, I've had many friends um, who who are Indian and who are bringing their food from home, say to work or things like that. And I was always endlessly fascinated by all these little containers that they bring out at lunchtime. <laughs> and I'd be like, I'm eating a sandwich. This sucks. I want that. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, is a, it is a very well-balanced, nutritious meal if you just look at it traditionally how it was e- eaten. I mean, now, yeah, we do take a lot of shortcuts and, you know, like, I mean, I'm not going to make one dal and two vegetables or a curry and, you know, something else like on an 
everyday daily basis. Like, I mean, that's just not happening. Let's just be real. Like I have a nine-year-old, you know, like he's got events going on in the evening and I have my own stuff going on. So yeah, that, that doesn't happen nowadays. But even then, you know, like, just even a curry like sure you have meat in it but then we can add vegetables to that and it just becomes a whole balanced meal on its own it seems like you can make things go further as well so like introducing things exactly like the lentils yeah. and the beans so let's exactly yeah start off with what are the kitchen essentials that you need to make indian meals at home So I don't think you need anything special. I mean, just your standard pots and pans that you have, you know, something deep. I would prefer a heavy bottom deep pan for if you're going to do like the slow cooker curries. Uh, One thing that I would highly recommend is a pressure cooker, because especially if you're going to cook, you know, dried beans and dried lentils, pressure cooker will save you a huge chunk of time. And even uh, like, you know, you don't have to use a traditional pressure cookers like the ones that are everybody's using nowadays, electric pressure cookers, like the instant pot. That's amazing. I mean, you can cook, you know, dried chickpeas or kidney beans in 20 minutes in a pressure cooker, as opposed to just having them slow cook for hours on end on the stove. So other than that, then just your standard, you know, whatever you have, a frying pan, um, a wok is a good idea to have for like, you know, the quick stir fry vegetables that we do. But yeah, other than that, I don't think there's any anything special that you need for Indian cooking, just your basic, what you already have probably in your kitchen. Well, that's a relief because that's always one of the first hurdles when we're trying new things. It's like, oh, do I have to go out and buy all this new stuff? So that's, that is a relief. And what about, so Indian cooking is notorious for its spices. What are some of the yes, must-have spices that we need? I know. And, and that, that, that's one of the biggest complaints that I hear. People are like, oh my God, you need so many ingredients. <laughs> well, no, you don't really. I mean, sure, if you're going to, you know, whip up fancy dishes and all, then yeah, you can like, you can go crazy. But I always say start with the basics. And that I would say would be some red chili powder, if you like the spice, Um, turmeric for sure, some coriander powder, cumin powder, and if you want to jazz it up, then some garam masala. You know, if you have these powdered spices, then yeah, like I was telling you, the chana masala that I had, this is all I had at that time. And it turns out a pretty great curry. I think I actually have all of these things in my cupboard at the moment. So <laughs> Perfect. I'm, you're I'm all there then. I'm on my way. But yeah, then you're right. You don't need 25 different spices to exactly. start having a go. That's a relief too. So beans and lentils seem to have a, a pretty big role in Indian cooking. And you sort of touched on how we can make those, I guess, faster if we were going to use the dried kind by making them in something like an instant pot or a pressure cooker. What are some other tips that you have about, you know, what are the roles of beans and lentils in the, in cooking, Indian cooking, sorry. And, you know, how do we, how do we put those in? Do we add them straight away? Do we cook them first? Can we use canned? All the questions. (laughs) (laughs) So um, just to start off, like beans and lentils are a huge part of the Indian diet. And I think that's mainly because, a big chunk of the country is vegetarian. So beans and lentils is where they get their protein from. Uh, So, and, you know, and also like um, 
everybody just buys dried beans because they last longer rather than, you know, having cans with an expiry date and all. So the thing is, if you have dried beans and lentils, what you need to do, uh, not with lentils, but mostly with like chickpeas and kidney beans, it's just, I would just soak them in water overnight for like, you know, eight hours or overnight is best if you're planning, if you know what you're going to have for dinner the next day, just before you go to bed, just soak a cup of two of them in a big bowl of water. And uh, the next morning, just uh, pressure cook them till they're soft. And that's it. And what I usually do is like, I will do a big batch. So I will pressure cook a huge batch and uh, just uh, divide them into baggies and freeze them. So that's like having, you know, ready-made canned beans and stuff canned beans. I actually have them in my freezer. That's such a good so that's idea. That's part of, yeah, that helps you to whip up your meals pretty quick. That's such a good idea. And I, I think that sometimes, yeah, it, it's a bit daunting when you're first starting out doing things like that. You look at the, the bag of dried beans, like, what do I even do with this? So exactly, like, soak yeah. it overnight. That's easy enough done. Just put it on before you go to bed. And I like that you can make a, a big batch of them to, to put away in the freezer for exactly, another meal. Exactly, I know. I mean, just make a big batch, divide them, and you don't have to use them for the same recipe. I mean, use them in salads, you know. Just, there's so many things that you can do with chickpeas and with beans and lentils. Like, there's tons of stuff that you can do with them. And for all of the uh, people out there who are going, oh, I've got some cans of chickpeas in my cupboard that I panic bought and now I need to use them. Can they substitute that, those into Oh, this? yeah. That, that, that's perfect. That, that's, that's amazing. That's perfect. All, all I would suggest is rinse them thoroughly. So, yeah. you know, you get all that liquid out because you don't want that to flavor your food. Just rinse them thoroughly. And it's the same thing as boiling them the pressure cooker. That's what you have. It's your ready-made, already softened beans. And now you can just get on with the cooking process. So can dried whatever you have. It's it's amazing. And what about rice? So basmati rice plays a pretty big role in Indian cooking as well, doesn't it? Yes, that's the main rice that we have, basmati rice. And um, I also, I know, I guess I'm a bit biased to it, but that's probably the only kind of rice that I use at home. Like, I mean, I'll make like Chinese fried rice or Thai curries and I'll still serve it with basmati rice, you know. It's funny so, you should um, say that because I do too. That's my that's Yeah, my like rice I just love basmati rice. And I think basmati rice is really famous. It's known for, you know, its quality of being, uh, of all the grains being separate, like, you normally don't find basmati rice very sticky and goopy. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's very easy to do that at home. The main thing that you need to remember is always wash your basmati rice thoroughly. You want to rinse it under cold running water and you want to make sure that the water runs clear. Like the first time you're going to rinse it, you'll see like, you know, the water is murky, it's white and murky, but just keep doing it until it runs clear. And what's happening there is that you're washing away all the starch, you know, the excess starch, which is going to prevent it from being sticky when it's cooked. And once that happens, like, all you need to do, all you need to remember all the time is one part of basmati rice, two parts liquid. So you can either add, you know, your stock or water. It's just one is to two. And that's it. Cook till the water evaporates, cover it for maybe five minutes so that it sits in the steam and fluff it out with a fork and you'll get perfect rice every single time. That's such a good tip with that formula. And I do, I love the cooking rice in stock as well. It always gives it so much flavor. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I mean, I love doing that, you know, and I'll just like add like a cup or two of frozen vegetables that I have in the freezer. And there you have a delicious meal right there. 
Oh, that's a great idea. Now, this is something, sadly, we are not doing too much of at the moment, but I'm hoping one day in the future we will be able to again. Let's talk about if you were wanting to entertain um, with Indian food. How does that work? So entertaining with Indian food, I know for somebody who's never done it before, it can seem daunting. For me personally, that is always my go-to when I'm having, you know, say 10 or more people. And the reason why I do that is because Indian food always tastes better the longer it sits. So say you're cooking a curry for dinner tonight. If you have leftovers and have it for lunch tomorrow, I guarantee you it's going to taste twice as delicious. And that's because, you know, the spices had more time to just stay in and, you know, the meat or the vegetables have time to soak it in. And that just enhances the flavor. So what I do when I entertain is I will cook a couple of dishes the night before so that when I'm ready to serve it the next day, it's twice as good. And that also helps you with cutting down time in the kitchen on the day that, you know, you're having a dinner party rather than spending 12 hours in the kitchen that day, I kind of divvy it up. And another thing that you can do is also because... A lot of Indian dishes mainly start with, you know, chopped onions and tomatoes. There's a lot of prep work that go into it. So I like to do that all in one go in the beginning. And then, you know, so that I have them ready. And once I'm starting on a dish, like my onions are ready to go and chop, you know, my tomatoes are all chopped and I can just throw everything in the pan as and when I need it. And, you know, I'll collect my spices in one side of the counter so that I can just add it as I go. These are just like, small things that you can do to make it easy but yeah the reason that I usually go for Indian cooking when it's a big crowd is because I can cook a day in advance and that just helps me so much. One of the things that I always struggle with when I have a lot of people over is that the timing and making sure everything's right. So I actually love that you could make these things beforehand and they just get better. And I know what you mean. I think we've all made a curry before and had it the next day and it tastes even better. Exactly. It's had all that time for the flavors to meld some more. So exactly. Yeah. Even, even take out, right? Like, I mean, if you go out for dinner and there's leftovers and you pack it and you have it for lunch the next day, I mean, it is so delicious. Mm-hmm. I'm always excited for that next day. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I, and I think that, um, you know, getting things together ahead of time as well kind of takes a, a bit of the stress away as well because when you are, you know, really focused on trying to get the timings right or even just making something, you know, with a few hours to go, if anything goes wrong, you've kind of backed yourself into a corner <laughs> whereas making yeah. some things the night before, stress-free, and if it doesn't work out, you've got oh, some time to do Believe me, like, I, like I've, had, I've, I've had those happen to me before. Like, you know, you'd make something and it doesn't turn out quite as you planned it doesn't there's something always wrong and it doesn't taste quite right and then I'll be like okay scrap this I'm not serving this tomorrow back to something else so that gives you time to you know just gauge how it's going to go exactly oh I love that now what do you have any tips Mina for how not to cook Indian food are there some like I'm I'm thinking at the moment maybe don't buy that jar of pre-made butter chicken (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> from the store maybe that's one of them <laughs> uh 
actually, confession, I do have a couple of jars right now of that <laughs> in my pantry. <laughs> well, fear, fear, I never know. <laughs> I mean, and that's just because butter chicken is not something that I make on a regular basis. I mean, I can never get the flavor just right. Yeah. But what I would say is like, you know that yellow powdered stuff that you get in the grocery store that is always labeled curry powder? Yes. Do not buy that because that... I don't even know what that thing is. Like, there's no such thing as yellow curry powder in Indian cooking. Like for <laughs> us, like, you know, every curry is different and it's just an amalgamation of all the spices that you add to it. So, you know, for one curry, you might add a tablespoon of coriander powder and one teaspoon of cumin, whereas for something else, you know, you've, you've changed that proportion and the, the flavors are different. So yes, that, that yellow stuff, no, that, that, that's not going to get you anywhere. Like, it doesn't even taste good. You know, it's unless the you're getting version like, of curry. <laughs> exactly. Like, I don't even know what that is. That's not curry. Like, no, that's just, I don't know, yellow soupy something. <laughs> Pieces of chicken swimming in it. No, like, yeah. And another thing that I've heard people tell me, which always, I don't even know how to react to this most of the time, is that they add ketchup. Oh. I've had people come to me saying, oh, you know what? Like, uh, my curry wasn't red enough, so I added some ketchup to it. <laughs> like, no, oh my God, no, do not add ketchup to it. That's, I don't even know what that's going to do to the taste. Like, I mean, sure, you know, you want to thicken it or whatever, like add tomato paste. Tomato paste goes a long way. Like, but no, not, not ketchup. Ketchup <laughs> is just, no, that's no, <laughs> you do not do that. All right, so make our own spice mixes from the spices that we've already spoken about and no using ketchup. No ketchup, <laughs> well, most, yes. Most of the curries end up starting with some tomato in them anyway, right? A lot of them, yes, yeah. yeah. So that's what, like, you know, tomato paste is perfect. Like if you don't want to chop, like, you know, 20 tomatoes to make a big batch, then tomato paste is perfect for it. Like I... I don't want to like, you know, say don't use the canned tomatoes. You can if you have no option, but I find that they're mostly sweet. So they don't really, you know, it changes the flavor of your curry. So that's why I always say, you know, I prefer just, just use tomato paste and then you can thin it down with water and that's going to not sweeten your curry, but it's going to give you that nice deep tomato flavor that you want. So for anyone who's listening who wants to, have start having a try at Indian cooking at home. What are some more traditional dishes that are maybe on the easier side of things for them to try? Um, if you've got them on the blog, even better. Uh, and let's point them there to go and try those. The easiest thing that you can do is cook lentils like dal. That yep. is super simple. And I would suggest getting the red lentils, which is if you go to, you know, nowadays, at least over here in Canada, we get it at the regular stores. I'm sure almost everywhere it's the same as well. But if you're yep. going um, to an Indian store, you know, special, special ethnic grocer, then they usually call masoor dal. But it's the red, orangey red in color. And those quick, they're they're very quick cooking. They take less than maybe 10 to 12 minutes to really break down. So I have a few recipes using them on the blog and it's very simple, very easy. Another thing that I would say is uh, potatoes, stir fried potatoes called jeera aloo. So jeera is cumin. So it's basically just stir fried potatoes flavored with whole cumin seeds. 
And that's also like, it's a very popular dish in Indian cuisine and it's super simple to make. And of course, if you love your meats, then a classic chicken curry. Like you can't go wrong with a home style chicken curry. And I have all three recipes on my blog. Awesome. Well, I'll make sure that we link those in the show notes. You know, I've never tried to make a dal at home. I'm not sure why, because I do love it. So I love it. I've actually got some red, uh, wasn't, <laughs> I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> I've got red lentils. <laughs> red lentils. Yeah. Wait, okay. yeah, you should try it. Then you know what you're going to have for dinner today. Exactly. I'm, I'm keen and I've already got all the spices as well. I'm a step ahead of everyone. <laughs> Exactly, like a nice big bowl of dal with some steamed rice on the side and a chopped salad. Oh, yeah. And you have a delicious, wholesome meal. Uh, now, Mita, can you tell my listeners where they can find you? Uh, yes. So I'm um, on all social media. I'm uh, hooked on heat. And you're, I'm very active on Instagram and Facebook, not so much on Twitter. Yep. But um, yeah, and also my blog, hookedonheat.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed talking about Indian cooking with I you today. Well. I'm really excited to give this a go. I know everyone else will be as very, very, very grateful for the lessons that you've taught us today. Thank you. I hope so. Thank you so much for having me. It was great talking to you. I've always loved Indian food, but I must admit, I myself have been intimidated by cooking authentic Indian food at home. But after chatting with Mina, it's refreshing to know that you don't need 20 spices to just get started. For all the links we discussed today, head to cookitrealgood.com slash 47. And don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Your reviews go a long way to helping our podcast get more listeners. That's it from me. Have a great week and don't just cook, cook it real good. Bye.